It's on the second page of outline in the middle. Amen. Good to see everybody this morning. Good morning to you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord hath made. We do indeed rejoice, and we are glad in it. Amen. Let's read this text together. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David, what? Strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come in, Lord God, sweet Holy Spirit. Manifest your power, your presence, your insight, your wisdom, your knowledge, your guidance, your direction. Help us to be receptive to your infilling. Just fill us to the brim, Lord God, and allow our minds and hearts to be enlightened on your behalf that the kingdom's purposes and the kingdom's plan might be lived out in us individually and collectively in Jesus' name. And the people of God said amen. 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 You can be seated. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Uh, thankful for any first-time guests in the house. Let's make sure we fill out that connect card for us. We'd like to communicate with you, reach out to you, invite you back, acknowledge your presence. Praise God. And we'll say a little bit more about that later. And I'm praying that anybody who's at the point of decision today, seeking a church home, that God will inspire you uh, to make a decision today to not put that off, not procrastinate, not delay. Make a definitive choice. Connect with the family, the foe, the fellowship, the bride of Jesus the Christ. Amen. I want to thank you all for the prayers extended to me and my family in the loss of my nephew. Uh, I was out last Sunday. I heard that Minister Ford did a tremendous job, so we're thankful for that. Good to have great pinch hitters, folk who can step up to the plate and uh, give a word from, all, from God for his people so they can continue to be nourished and inspired. Praise God. So thanks for your prayers. Uh, and uh, then I want to thank you all for your recent response to my my birthday. Amen. Uh, thank you for that. I, I, I want to express appreciation for that. We'll mention some other announcements later, uh, but I want to get into the Word. We're starting a new sermon series today. Uh, the title of it is God's Toolkit for Achieving. God's Toolkit for Achieving. Praise God. You know, there are tools and uh, and uh, methods, uh, best practices out there, uh, how-to books that indicate how we ought to achieve success in life and living. But we have a, a toolkit as well. Amen, somebody. God has given us something. And, you know, in order to produce the right way, you got to have the right tools. To do an effective job, you got to have the right tools. You can't pick up the wrong tool if, if, to do a certain job. If not, it's just not going to work. You're not going to be efficient. You're not going to be effective. You're not going to be productive. 
Amen. You might even look a little silly. You know, in, this, in the physical realm, you plant a certain seed. Amen. To produce a certain crop. You use a certain harvester to extract that crop from the ground. Amen. So that we can have food stuff. Amen. And uh, so you can't plant a watermelon seed waiting on a tomato. Just don't work that way. Amen. You got to have the right seed to plant. So we're going to try to give you some seeds during this series. Some seeds needing to be utilized for us to be useful and effective and, and uh, successful. Praise God. Because God came that we might have life. And the word says he came that you might have it more abundantly. Abundant life, that's prosperous life. That's life to the full. Hmm? You don't want to leave anything on the table. Don't you want to live life to the full? Praise God. Don't you want to get the best out of your life? Amen. So we're going to see if we can lay out how, how we achieve that. And today's message revolves around a very familiar character in the Bible, David. And in this instance, we're looking at and analyzing and dissecting and interpreting his encounter with the Goliath, and even pre-Goliath, in terms of what did he use? How did he achieve it? Praise God. And, 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 and hopefully it's going to provide us with some needed tools to overcome some big opponents. Amen. Goliath was estimated to be over nine feet tall. Big opponent. Amen. And, you know, they had specially equipped him in this uh, armament. Uh, he had tools to use. Uh, he had an intimidating presence. And he could talk trash, too. Amen. I mean, his mouth didn't stop running all day long. Word of God says he was, he was taunting them for 40 days. Can you imagine just being taunted, trash talk, just belittled, ridiculed, you know, dissed for 40 days? And you're so entrapped by the fear, threatened by this ominous presence until you're paralyzed to do absolutely nothing. Amen? And all of us have dreams some of us know what it's like to have dreams deferred. Really, all of us know what it's like to have dreams deferred. And most folk are afraid to act on their dreams. Have mercy, Lord. Most of us are afraid. Maybe, you know, a, a small percentage of us just move out and attack the giants, the opposition that can occur as a result of us pursuing a dream that God has placed in our hearts. Amen? So, how do we overcome the giants? You know, David had to overcome some negativism first. I'm going to mention four things that even prior to taking on Goliath that he had to overcome. Amen? Uh, well, his first obstacle was his dad. His dad. Isn't that something? 
His first obstacle was his father. His father basically relegated him to being a shepherd, you know, watching over the sheep. Uh, when Samuel came in uh, to visit uh, uh, David's father's children, there was eight of them. His father showed up with seven of them. David's still out there in the field. Samuel's trying to determine who's the anointed one, the next king of Israel to succeed Saul. And, you know, so you can imagine Samuel, the prophet, this great prophet, walks up to all seven of these guys. No, you're not him. Mm-mm, you're not him. You, mm-mm, no, I ain't feeling it. So he goes through seven different guys. Then he asks the father, do you have another son? He said, yeah, yeah, I got a runt out there <laughs> in the field watching the sheep. Well, Samuel said, bring him on in. Hmm? And so, so, so basically, his father relegated him to a certain place. His father wanted him to be the sheep tender. But then he was brought before Samuel. And he was prophesied that he would be the next king of Israel. That's something. Totally underestimated. Totally unexpected. Totally unanticipated. Amen, somebody. You know, he's tapped. And, and a lot of times, our parents, family members can kind of relegate us to this certain place. I'll never forget my father when uh, we were coming up. I'm getting ready to go to college. I'm excited about going to college. And my dad said, why are you going to college? He said, uh, that ain't going to do you no good. You need to just follow after me and my, my vocation, and you'll make a good life, a good living. So he wanted a, 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 help, a helper. <laughs> <laughs> And willing to sacrifice my future to have a helper. Amen, somebody. Now, he, he didn't mean any harm. Let me just say, people, people who are negative, cynical, doubtful, naysayers, in many instances, they don't mean harm. They just don't see it, sense it, discern it. They, they don't know your dream. They don't know how God is going to use them. They, they don't know your aspirations or your ambitions. And, and so don't, don't get mad about it. It just, they just relegate you to a certain place. They see you in a certain place, and they are outspoken in many instances. You know, all of us have people tell us, you can't do that. You're not capable of that. You're, you're not going to be able to get that done. That's not in your wheelhouse. You don't have the skill set, the expertise, the background, the education to accomplish that. Amen? You're not qualified for that. You're not ready for the promotion. We've all had people say that. Hmm? And so, so we have to decide that we're going to hear God over voices, sometimes influential voices. Sometimes they can be parents and friends and family members and neighbors and coworkers and siblings, brothers and sisters. That they can be extended family, but, but we have to decide we're going to hear God over all the rest of the voices that are out there. Amen. Until you 
make a decision not to be dependent on the approval of others, you can't really move forward. Amen? If somebody got endorsed and co-signed everything you do, amen, then you're not going to ever venture out to do more because God wants more. Amen? He wants us, in some instances, to step outside of our comfort zone. I was always pretty soft-spoken coming up. I didn't even know I could talk this loud. <laughs> Amen? But one day he tapped me on the shoulder and told me, I need you to step outside of your comfort zone, and I need you to say something. Even though a college professor told me, hey, you, you'll never be a public speaker. You got a speech impediment. I'm like, lies you telling. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Lies you telling. I ain't hearing that. You are underestimating me. You don't know what I'm capable of. Praise God. Sometimes it's with just all kinds of discrimination can happen to be an impediment and an embar a barrier to our elevation, our promotion, our advancement. But we have to keep moving in the name of our God to know that no weapon, verbal weapon, you know, disrespect is going to be able to keep us from getting to that next place. So we got to develop the skill of being able to hear the negativism, the cynicism, the naysayers, and still keep moving. Keep it moving. Praise God. Say, God, what is it that you want me to do? I, I want to be on your side. It doesn't matter my age, my race, my gender, my looks. It doesn't matter about any of that. I have a dream. God has placed a passion in my heart, and I need to act on that passion. Amen. David's dad simply wanted him to be a shepherd. God had bigger plans for David. Remember, remember uh, when uh, Joshua, I'm, I'm sorry, Moses sent, you know, the 12 spies to check out the promised land, and, you know, only two of them came back, the minority report, a positive report about uh, Israel's ability to take the land. Ten others came back and said, we can't do it. Can't do it. You know, they're big over there. They're giants over there. We're like insects in comparison to them. So we can't do it. And so you need to know the majority ain't always right. Amen, somebody. And, and, and that's another thing that will happen sometimes. When, whenever you decide that you're going to do something, there's going to be a little bit of time gap, a delay, if you will. Hmm? David proposed himself as a person that could take on Goliath. And then persons began to, first of all, question his motive. Because, first of all, he asked an innocent question. He said, look, you know, what you get if you take this dude out? <laughs> yeah. He said, well, you know, they, they're questioning his motive now. Well, you're just looking for the spoils. You're looking for the rewards. You're looking for, you know, the benefits. He said, no, I'm just, I'm really just asking a question. He said, I'm, I'm, you know, that's not what it's all about. I believe my God is able to use me. I've taken out a lion. I've taken out a bear. You know, I believe I can take out this big head boy. <laughs> big head, you know. You know I, I, I think I got some sights on, on that head. I can, his forehead is too big to miss. <laughs> I'll just add it all of that. 
That wasn't in the word. <laughs> Amen. But David had been rele relegated to a shepherd. And then further, only reason he uh, uh, was arrived on the, the battle scene was because his father had sent him to take some care packages out, some, some, some crackers and cheese out there to his brothers. And the only reason he's hearing all this trash talk by the giant because he's out there being a servant. Amen. And he's not, he not protesting being a servant. A lot of times we want to get to the big place. We want to get to the big stage before we do the little stuff. David's serving crackers and cheese. David is tending sheep. David has a servant's heart first before he's called to leadership. David is willing to do the little stuff, get his hands dirty, before he gets this big opportunity, this big advancement, this big position. A lot of us are so, you know, conceited. Have mercy, Lord. Arrogant and, in some instance, envious. Envious when somebody got something and you don't want them to have it and you want it. You know, it's just envious, jealous in some instances. God doesn't want us to have that kind of heart. Amen? He wants us to have the right heart, a heart that's focused on him. Amen? A heart that's, a, that's alive for him, a heart that's not distracted by anything else. David understood that I got a job to do. So he proposed that I can do this job, and then folk began to tell him why he couldn't do it. There were cultural and, you know, the climate, the culture. You're not a professional soldier. You haven't been trained properly. You ain't, you ain't no Navy SEAL. You ain't never been in the brigade. You ain't never been in the front line. You ain't, you ain't had proper training in weaponry, strategy, all these kinds of things that usually military personnel are going through. You ain't been through none of that. How in the world do you think you're going to come on the scene and take on Goliath? Amen. Conventional wisdom says you can't do that. Amen. And, and, and so they began to discourage David. Say, no, dude, you can't do that. His own brother said, look, all you concerned about, you got ego, you cocky, you, you know, you're trying to move up, move too fast. You, you, you coming on the scene and, and you making all this noise and you don't know what you're talking about. Demoralizing things were said to him, but he kept pushing through. Finally, he came to Saul. Because nobody else was stepping forward. Everybody else was in fear. Everybody else was demoralized. Everybody else was complaining. Everybody else was murmuring. Everybody else was fearful and afraid. Amen? But David said, I, I can do this. I know I can do this with God on my side. Y'all anxious and terrified and traumatized and hopeless. I am full of hope. I'm full of love. I'm, I'm full of faith. I'm full of confidence. I am not afraid. Amen? That's what happens when God is on your side. When you are, God is on your side, you don't have to be fearful of man, woman, boy, or girl. You don't have to be fearful of the circumstances if you're certain that God is on your side. Amen? So, so, so we need to get past, you know, the rumors and uh, the negativism and the naysayers and say, God, how do we move forward in you? Amen. When, when Saul and all of Israel heard these words of Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. That's the, that's the climate. David heard it and said, look, we can take this, God, this guy out with God on our side. The eldest brother, he got angry in, in verses 28 and 29. 
And, and anger was kindled against David. He said, why have you come down? And with whom have you left those few sheep in, in the wilderness? It being condescending and demissive. I know your presumption and the evil of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? You know, I'm just, I'm just sharing with you. I can, I can do this. Amen. Uh, let, and, and then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight with him, for you are but a youth. And he has been a man of war from his youth. He said, look, I, I need to get started. <laughs> I'm a youth. He started in his youth. I'm ready for this. Amen. So the rank and file, the regular Joe Blow is not going to be your fan. Amen. The word even said, don't even cast your pearls among this wine. In other words, don't tell everybody your vision, your dream. You know, make sure you, you, you got fans and, and uh, people, prayer, prayer warriors that you're sharing and investing in, telling what ne the next steps and stages are that you're moving into. Amen, somebody. So, so, so too many of us are listening to the wrong voices. Amen. If you listen to the wrong voice, you'll be paralyzed. Amen. We don't need to be hanging around scared people, fearful people. Too many of us around people who are scared. You know, you need to get around some people who are not afraid. You need some friends that can encourage you and who can engender courage in you. Amen, somebody. So we need to pick our friends because when you're around folk, they can you, that's contagious. You know, you know, I've asked y'all turn to each other and say, I'm contagious. And that's right. Question is, what are you spreading? <laughs> Amen. So the question is, you know, you are contagious, but you got to be spreading the right stuff. Amen. And you got to be around people who spread good stuff. David was able to dismiss all this clamor and innuendo and rumor and the naysayers and, you know, his brother questioned his motives and disapproval by, you know, a lot of folk, including Saul, for a moment. But then he said, you know something? This boy might be able to be used by God. And God nudged his spirit somehow, and he sent David out. Amen? So David had to overcome disdain. He had to overcome disgust. He had to overcome distrust. He had to overcome being disregarded. Amen? So we asked God, God, Help us to overcome, you know, because the enemy always wants you to do it different than what God said how you ought to do it. And again, people don't really mean harm, any harm. They just, they don't know your assignment. Amen. I remember when we were at the Plaza Theater four years in, three years in, we started looking for land. And I had people telling me, we ought not buy land. You know, we need to be looking for a storefront. We need to be looking for an old church. Let's buy an old church. In other words, they didn't believe that we could buy land. They didn't believe that we could build a church. You know, one guy very adamant, like, hey, you know, he start finding old churches. Man, I said, man, I said, I don't want nobody an old church. <laughs> that, that ain't what God called me to. I, that I ain't feeling, you know, I'm trying to say it in regular, you know, common vernacular, but I'm trying not to be overly spiritual with it, but I'm like, mm-mm, God, I know what God don't want. This isn't what he want. Amen? He's got some land for us. 
somewhere. We're going to look until we find it. And this piece of land, I didn't, I didn't want to come here. <laughs> Amen. Initially, I didn't want to be located over in this area. I'm like, mm, I don't think, I ain't feel, you know, I wasn't feeling, but this, this, this piece kept, God's kept sending us back to this piece, kept sending us back to this piece. I had to overcome even my own prejudice. Amen. And say, okay, God, this is where you want us to be. Four years in, we acquired this piece of land. Five years in, we built this building to the glory of Almighty God. Amen. God gave us a new church that we built from the ground up. But if, but if I had listened to the naysayers, again, they don't mean any harm. But you got to know which way God is leading you. Amen. So when God leads you, you, you know which direction to go in. Amen. And, 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 and in many instances, people will even try to deter what you're trying to do. They'll stand in your way. Amen. Think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was not a priest. He was not a prophet. He was not a pastor. Nehemiah was a businessman. Amen. And the children of Israel had been exiled in Babylon, taken control of in Babylon for 70 years. They're released from their captivity, sent back to their homeland, to Jerusalem, sent back, and the whole city is in, is in uh, rubble, and, and, the, and the walls and the facilities, everything's been torn down, and God gives him the assignment to rebuild the walls. Amen? It's your job to build the walls back up. And guess what happened? Enemies arrived. Amen? First of all, they don't want you to get fortified. They don't want you to get strong. They don't want you to get stronger. You know, they don't want you to be able to fight against. So, so, so they're ridiculing and rumors are spreading. You know, one of, one of Satan's favorite tools that he tries to use against those who are having opportunities for advancement is the, is the classic rumor, smear campaign. Amen? Well, this is what's, what's not right. This is what's wrong. Uh, you know, this is what they're not doing. This is what they're not telling you. Question your motives. Everything, all these kinds of opposition. And if, if you want on God's side, you're going to have every now and then organized opposition. That's a little different. Amen. But in the midst of this, what Nehemiah did was he didn't entertain the threats. He didn't entertain the rumors. Amen. You know, one time when they were at the, at the, at the close of trying to complete the, the wall, four different occasions, community leaders and different authorities in the community came to Nehemiah and said, Nehemiah, we just want to come down and discuss what's going on. You know, in other words, they just want to distract him, take him off the wall. Nehemiah's response, I'm doing a big work, and I can't come off the wall. Amen. I'm busy. I'm doing a big work, and I can't come down off the wall. Amen. When God called me to this ministry and called me to, to, uh, to build this church, this community, our family, you know, one of the things that kept ringing in my ear was, don't fight. Fight to build a new church. Don't fight. Fight to build it. You got some choices. You can fight them, which is never right. Don't retaliate. Don't insult. Don't fight back. Fight to build what God wants you to build. Amen, somebody. Fight to build 
what God wants you to be. Some of us are so engaged in retaliation, vindication, justification, rationalization, defending yourself, standing up for yourself. If you want to, if, 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 if I'm lying, just look at Facebook. <laughs> defending yourself. So-and-so said, so-and-so. That's not what, what I meant. That's not what I'm about. You act like you're going to argue with people who are already against you. You can't argue with people who are already against you. What will happen is they'll have three things, three reasons why they are against you. Then you push back the three reasons why they are against you. And, <laughs> and then, they'll, then they'll get mad because <laughs> you've given them logic and you've addressed their emotion. Then they'll come up with three more reasons why they're against you. <laughs> Amen? Why are you arguing with somebody that's already against you? Ain't no need to argue with somebody that's already opposing you. Amen? Don't argue. You're wasting your breath. Amen? Because most... <laughs> Amen? Most times, people have motivated reasoning. In other words, I'm already at this decision. I already know what I think. I'm just looking for some logic and some reasoning and some rationale to back up how I feel. That's why there's so much conflict in politics. Amen? You would think, well, once you see this rational argument why you should go in this direction, you would be okay. No, nah, I'm mad now. You done gave me a rational argument. I'm coming with another one and another one and another one because it's motivated reasoning. I already reasoned this. I already feel this way. I already made this conclusion. I just need now to back up my conclusion. That's why when you jousting with somebody on Facebook about their, their politics, you wasting your time. You will not change their mind. Amen? Now, Jesus can change their mind, not you. Amen? We participate in a lot of arguments and discussions and, you know, debates. Some folks' superpower is conflict. Amen? And that's their superpower. They love to start a fight, love to argue, love, love to have conflict brewing. That's their superpower. You need to make sure you don't, you don't get involved in their superpower. They're enjoying that. <laughs> They're enjoying that joust. They're enjoying that argument. They're enjoying being a dissenter. They enjoy being objective. They enjoy being a naysayer. And here we are participating in the arguments and wasting our good time. Amen. Nehemiah did not waste his time. Amen. He refused to hear the arguments. Amen. Like David refused to hear the arguments of being inexperienced. Amen. Inexperienced amateurs built the ark. Experts built the Titanic. Amen. If God is on your side, you can build, you can grow, you can develop, you can flourish to the glory of Almighty God. So we need to decide, Lord, I want you on my side. Amen. I remember when I was start, we were starting to make the decision to start Rejoice, a couple bishops, you know, in the, in, in the church I was affiliated with called me up on the phone trying to discuss with me, trying to change my mind. I told them, Bishop, I'm busy. <laughs> Busy. I ain't even got time to talk. Can't discuss it. I was doing a Nehemiah move. Nehemiah said, I can't come down off this wall. 
I got work to do, places to go, things to do, people to see. Amen. I got to keep it moving in the direction that God is leading. So we have to know when distractions come and not allow anybody to distract us. And sometimes every now and then, people get mad. Amen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not in your uh, field of work. But in my field of work, folk get upset. Amen. I remember, you know, different outreach proposals and different things that people wanted me to do. And, you know, I'm like, man, I just can't. Nice proposals, but I'm not feeling that. Amen. I don't think that's what God wants us to do. I need to read hadn't even come to me yet, trying to provide books to, for small, young children and ministering in that way, doing a kind of needs-oriented evangelism. Amen? Hadn't even come to me yet, but I knew what God wasn't impressing upon my heart. Folk get huffy, puffy, walk off, they won't do this, won't do that. Well, you know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I'm being cordial, I'm being kind, but I got to be led by the Spirit. And you need to be led by the Spirit. And when you led by the Spirit, God's got something bigger in store. He's got something better in store. He's got something that's going to have be more impactful in store. Praise God. He got something that's going to make a stronger difference. If your God is big enough, you don't have to be scared of the opinions of others. I'm not saying be disrespectful. I'm never, I try never to be disrespectful, even though sometimes people may perceive it as being disrespectful because you disagree. But it's okay to stand your ground. Not that law. Not that law. We don't like the law. But it's okay. Then attain it. Then attain it. Stand your ground. You know, it's okay to stand your ground. Amen, somebody. One thing you do when somebody attacks you, you should never attack back. Listen, listen. Somebody said, well, that's so hard. You know, I, I got a gift. I got a unique set of skills. When somebody jabs me, I'm a good counterpuncher. I can give it back to them, baby. <laughs> you know, I can't waste that skill set. I got an uppercut. You know, you know, I got a verbal uppercut. I can throw them, throw them off and knock them out and knock them down. But what you do is you rob yourself of the blessing. Amen. If you don't retaliate, if you hold your peace, if you try to be quiet, if you don't dip tit for tat, praise God, if you step back to the glory of Almighty God, if you do not attack like Jesus did not attack, amen, what happens is you open yourself up for a blessing. God says, I can bless him with more. I can trust him more. I can trust her to build something. I can trust her to grow something because she ain't, he ain't going to get involved in the pettiness. Amen. He ain't going to get involved in the distractions and the preoccupations and the jousting back and forth with folks. They're going to be cordial and kind and loving and gracious. When, when somebody does evil to them, they're going to respond with good. Amen, somebody. So, so God is calling us to respond with goodness. Words say, don't attack, man. Amen. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Somebody say, safe. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be 
your fear and let him be your dread. In other words, do not fear men. Men and women, they don't have a heaven or hell to put you in. Amen. Don't be scared. Proverbs 11, 12, whoever battles his neighbor lacks sense. Listen, whoever battles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Amen. So if I'm jousting, I'm being scornful, I'm belittling, I'm ready to get in, get in, get in the, the, the trenches with somebody. Amen. That says, you lack sense. I didn't say that. That's what the Word of God says. Amen. Samuel. Uh, Psalm 118, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen. What can he do to me? Now, now it's tempting. Don't get me wrong. It's tempting. Especially when you got a gift to gab. Amen. It's, a, it's tempting. Amen. I got, I got put, sucked in one time on Facebook. For a second, I thought I was the Facebook police. And so I responded to somebody's tirade and said, hey, you know, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't think that way. You shouldn't that way. And then they just unfriended me. I said, well, that, that didn't get me nowhere. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then shall I have an answer for him who taunts me. For I trust in your word. Amen. They may taunt, but it doesn't matter. They may ridicule, but it doesn't matter. They may even spread a rumor, but you don't have to speak to it. Amen. You can hold your ground. You can stand your ground and know that God is good. Sometimes we want to justify and rationalize why we do what we do, but sometimes you can't explain it. You got to leave it up to God to justify it. You got to leave it up to God to explain it. It'll come together by and by after a while. Amen, somebody. So just ask God to keep you on track. Say, leave it in God's hand. God, I put this in your hands. You're the God of the universe and you are ultimately in control. So I defer to your power. I defer to your blessings. I bow to you, Lord God, in every instance. Praise God, for you are worthy. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you got enough word, amen, you got something to work with. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So if you want to really be fed and keep feeding, amen, you got to have the word of God in your heart and in your spirit and in your mind and on your tongue so that you can act on it based on the word of God. First Peter 2 and 23, and I'm finished. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Believe it. Believe me, that's a brilliant strategy. First of all, it relieves your head from a whole lot of stress, strain, anguish, torment, turmoil, frustration, disappointment. I could go on. Amen? It relieves you of that. Because you say, Lord, you fight my battles. Lord, you got me. Amen? But if we listen to the naysayers, if we let them dominate and prevail in our lives, if we listen to the wrong voices, and sometimes 
the voice that we don't need to listen to is the one we, the face we're looking at in the mirror. Sometimes you don't need to listen to yourself because you can say some stupid stuff baby, <laughs> to yourself. Matter of fact, you need to start rebuking all stupid thoughts about you that come to you. All negative thoughts about you that come to you. All belittling thoughts about you that come to you. All devaluing thoughts about you that come to you. All those things about you that come to you, you need to rebuke them in the name of Jesus. One of those scurrious thoughts run across my mind. I said, in the name of Jesus, I, like I ain't, it ain't even come, it come from me. It came from somewhere else. Had to come from somewhere else because I know how God created me. I know how God built me. I know how God designed me. And I believe God. I believe God. I believe God over my own voice, over my own conscience, over my own ego, over my own mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind in the name of Jesus. Won't you stand all over the house? Let me tell you what God wants. You know, somebody said, well, God don't want, God don't need nothing. It ain't but one thing that God really wants and needs. That's belief. Amen. Trust. What is all this about? He wants somebody to believe. Believe what he says about you. Not what anybody else says about you. Believe what he says about you. Not even what you've contrived in your own mind. I believe God. I believe God. Say it with me. I believe God. Say it with me. I believe God. Say it with me. I believe God. Say it with some passion. I believe God. Say it with some enthusiasm. I believe God. Say it with some energy. I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. Come on, give him a shout of praise. I believe you, God. I want to invite somebody to express that belief to express that hope, to convey that at this moment by making a decision for him, connecting with the church of Jesus Christ, the family of God, the fold, the fellowship, the body of Christ, to say, I'm yours, Lord. And before this body of witnesses, I want to express, I'm yours. The word says, if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my Father who is in heaven. So a window of opportunity is open right now for you to acknowledge him and say, I'm yours and you're mine. You may be new in the community, seeking a church home. I'm yours, you're mine. I need a family, I need a foe, I need a place to grow and to be nurtured and to grow stronger. I need a fellowship, people to be on the path, to be on the journey with, to be on the road with. In the name of Jesus, we invite you right now to come to say excuse me to persons near you and next to you and come in his name. Amen? Come in his name. Praise God.
Is there another in the name of Jesus? Decision-making time. Come on, worship with us. You are, you are. Decision-making time. Affirm, reaffirm your faith. Dedicate, rededicate your life. Come in his name. Today is the day. Today is the day. Thank you, 